It's time to go from surviving to thriving. This is the podcast where we give you the encouragement to change your life. Welcome to Vulnerable Moments with Jovan J. Palmer. No longer will you feel ashamed, unseen, and unheard. Get vulnerable, become courageous, and be free. And now your host, Jovan J. Palmer. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Vulnerable Moments, the podcast. I'm your host, Jovan J. Palmer. And as always, we have special guests sharing their most transparent and vulnerable moments. Well, I'm back. <laughs> I am back after a long hiatus. I'm certain there's been a few of y'all been asking where the podcast at, where the podcast at, man, where you been? We miss you. We need you. And I get it. We all are needed in some capacity to the world. And... I know that I was needed, but I needed me for some time. Like I've been going and going and going and working and working and working. And I just didn't have much time for me. And I just pretty much was burnt out. So I took some time off and wound up gotten a little comfortable and took off entirely too much time because I think my last episode was back in, mm, I don't even know when my last episode was. But it was a minute ago, and I'm back, you know? So, a few life updates, if I can get my water open, but I probably can't. Golly. All right, bump that. But, um, yeah, a few life updates. So, let's see. I'm no longer podcast producing. Um, I'm not certain if I shared that, but I just took some time away. From, I, didn't I didn't take time away from I actually stepped away from it. You know, it was just my season ended in that space, and... I knew my season was ending. I didn't want to come with the terms and the grips of, you know, that my season was ending in that space because I enjoyed being in that space. I enjoyed the people I met. I enjoyed, you know, the things I got to do, the travel opportunities, you know, the money opportunities, you know, just the business opportunities and the growth, you know, lots of growth happened with me. Like I saw lots of myself, the good, the bad, and the ugly in that space. And you know, it's sometimes you got to say goodbye to some things. And that's the hardest, that was the hardest part for me because I'm a very loyal guy. Loyal to a fault, they would say. But, you know, my loyalty has got me places that some people just couldn't get to. I'm still going to try to open this water. I need a little quench thirsty. Bump it. Got this back up. Yeah, so um, I was pretty much a little too, I was loyal to that space and I enjoyed it. And it was a hard decision to say, hey, my time here has come to an end. You know, that was one of the hardest things for me to do was say my time here has come to an end when I have was very pivotal to that space. You know, I was very, you know, committed, very open to learning and growing. And for something to have to come to an end to me, it was like a very hard decision. But what came to an end was also the start of a beautiful journey because I've also, if you know me, I'm big into the mental health space, big into, you know, people getting help and showing people how to get help and helping people learn how to heal and, you know, do some self-healing and along with, you know, some co-healing with other individuals as a therapist and coaches and everything like that. And I got the opportunity to become a therapist and I just couldn't turn it away. I couldn't turn it down. I had to take the opportunity because it was like, yo, it's like, it's right there in your face. You ask for something, you pray for something for these years. You couldn't find a way because there was once upon a time I couldn't find a way because there was like a huge financial barrier in my way. 
got the schooling that I needed and got into school. And before I even finished school, I got a job as a therapist. Like that was like the dopest thing for me. Like, yo, let me not even finish with school yet. I literally just finished school. I just graduated August 26, 2023. I finished back in like the end of June. Yeah, the end of June, I finished school. And I'm like, yo, you have a job as a therapist. Like it's not full licensed therapist. Let's not say that. I'm supervised under a clinical supervision, a clinical um, social worker, but I'm doing what I love to do, which is sit down, talk out people's problems, find solutions from them on a mental and holistic way. And to me, that's like, it was a no brainer. You know, those are tough decisions. It was definitely a no brainer to say, all right, your time here has come to an end. And sometimes I recognize that, you know what, when you're sitting in spaces for too long, there's just sometimes you're just sitting in the spaces that are meant for other people. And I think that I was sitting in somebody else's space because I was being selfish to not step into the opportunity that was waiting for me. So that's a life update there. Um, let's see. I did a 10-day silent retreat. <laughs> 10 days, got my water open, of complete silence where I had to sit in silence with myself, with my thoughts for 10 whole days like no communication with nobody no eye contact with anybody the only communication i had was with our master teacher and our actual like dorm or like retreat manager that was it and we couldn't even have lots of communication with them it was really like like very specific niche down questions like if you just had to say okay what time is it you can find out by looking at the clock but a friend of mine that um was talking to she pretty much introduced me into silent meditation and everything. Like I've heard of meditation. I've, you know, been like my therapist implement um actually introduced me into it, but I've never really like done it on a Buddhist like monk type of situation. And when I say it was life-changing and transformative and eye-opening, man, it was just the best thing that could have ever happened to me. Day one, I get, I'm, I'm super hyped because day one, I'm just excited because I've heard the good things. My friend, she did it. She did a three-day. She came back on this magical high. And I'm like, yo, I want some of that. You know, whatever you went and got, I want a piece of that. And I got a piece of that, you know. And day one, I get there. This brother walks up to me like that. Because day one, you can talk for a little bit. Up to like 8 p.m., you can talk. But it's not really a day one. It's like day zero, truth be told. And brother walks up to me and says, yo, man. You're a believer. You go to church. Like, what's up with you? Like, not, not, not like that, but just really just inquisitive. And I say, yeah, I go to church, you know, believe in God, Christ, and everything like that. And he says, man, there's just this glow about you, man. You about to go to the mountaintop on this retreat. You about to meet Jesus. And I'm like, am I going to die? <laughs> no, but uh, he's just saying, like, you got this glow about you. And there's something that whatever you came here for, you're going to get it. And I heard that, but also forgot that he had told me that until the end, the final day of the retreat. So day one comes, we wake up, it's four o'clock in the morning, I'm pumped, I'm looking at myself in the mirror like, oh, you got this, you can do this, this is about to be the dopest experience ever, so it's just 10 days. What can 10 little days, you know, hurt? And it hurt. Those 10 days hurt. I'm not even going to front and act like it was the best experience ever because it wasn't. Day one was cool. I got through day one, found out that they don't. we don't get dinner. <laughs> that was a surprise to me. 
Um, I didn't want to go in with too many expectations, so I just kind of briefly read about it and was like, yo, I would just come here with little to no expectations and just show up and just allow for me to just be here in this space. And that's what I did. I showed up with no intentions, with no expectations, and just showed up for me to get what I needed to get for myself. And I got that. So day one comes is wake up, solid meditation by yourself, group meditation, breakfast, break slash nap time, group meditation, lunch, break, group meditation, snack, discourse, shut it down for the night by like 10 p.m. That's my day every day. Three group meditations, I believe it was, three solid meditations, two meals and a snack every day. Now, some people say, oh, that just sounds like prison. I mean, whatever you want to make it seem like, or whatever you want to make it sound like, that's what it probably was. But for me, it was more so an experience that I needed to get for myself. And when I got that experience, it was just the best thing ever. Day two comes, I'm like, okay, I'm learning how to just sit. Because they teach you, okay, like, how do you sit with what you got going on in life and also be able to sit through it for an hour of complete silence? I move in. Like, you know, the goal is to have you to be able to sit in silence completely, like, just flat out in silence, no movement, no scratching, no, you know, trying to fix the, your leg from falling asleep, you know, none of that. It's just you sitting there fighting the pain, but not really fighting the pain or resisting the pain, but more so just getting through the pain because pain is temporary. You know, our teacher, um, <clears throat> rest his soul, taught us that, you know, pain is temporary. That's everything that we go through is just a temporary situation. If you can get through the temporary portion of it that you're going through in the physical and the presence and the spiritual, you can pretty much get through any and everything through life. So that was like the mantra that we were on, you know, just teachings about teachings and everything. And I'm not going to try to quote everything because I, you know, it was some months ago that I did it. And I haven't been like as dedicated and committed to it because, you know, when you get back into life, you have to like figure out, okay, how can I still keep this meditative state of life, still do life, work, build businesses, be social, date, be with your family, be with your friends, travel and do all this stuff and still keep like, you know, this whole meditative mantra up. And it's been a challenge. You know, when I got back, I was doing good. And then, of course, life kicked in and got back into the hustle and bustle and, and just like I just get it every now and again but thankfully we got a group we sit every Wednesday at least for an hour so if I don't get it any time during the week I know at Wednesdays 8 o'clock 9 o'clock I'm with the crew so day three comes and I think day three and four were like my worst days ever because I had to sit with because you're sitting with your thoughts and the whole technique is teaching you how do I sit with my thoughts and also win the war that's going on in my head that was the whole outcome was how do you win the war in your head? And that's what I did. Like I'm beating myself up because I'm thinking about everything that I've been through in my life from the birth of Jovan to, you know, the growth of Jovan as a child, you know, to the molestation of Jovan to the, you know, confusion of sexuality of Jovan to the homosexual Jovan to the, okay, I'm going back straight Jovan to the, okay, how do I date Jovan to the, what if people figure out Jovan to the, you know, partnership? And it was just so much going on, you know, the forgiveness of Jovan, you know, the forgiveness of people. Like, so much going on stuff. I didn't say, okay, I didn't expect to come here for this stuff. So I'm fighting this war myself silently. I'm silently fighting this war myself, and I'm asking myself, Jovan, how are you going to get through this? And I'm sitting there, 
as the meditation go, it's complete silence, and I'm just rocking back and forth, back and forth, side to side. Homie next to me, when we finally talked, he was like, yo, I felt your energy, man. Homie next behind me, I felt your energy. Are you good? And I was not good. I lost it. Everything that I was holding inside, everything that I suppressed inside, everything that I thought I had fixed inside of me had came out, but it came out in such a beautiful way to where now I am feeling like I am finally whole. You know, you think that you've done the work and I'm not, not, I'm not taking away from the work that I did because I've done a tremendous amount of work for myself, done a great job, you know, kudos to you, Jovan, pat yourself on the back, G, because you deserve it. But it was just like there was more work to do. And I'm saying this to say that just because you get to a certain point in life and you feel like, okay, I've healed myself with an ED, I'm letting you know now, healed does not exist. Let's debunk that myth now. Healing exists. Healed doesn't exist. Because if I cut myself right here, you know, and, you know, I got tattoos on my body where I cut myself with a knife. I'm, my body and self is going to heal itself. It's going to go and it's going to go through a healing process and healing stage. But at the same time, there's going to be a scar there that's going to remind me that, you know what? You cut yourself, Jovan. You tried to cut yourself or something went on with you. And that what was going on with me was that the reminders in my mind was that, yo, Jovan, you went through some things in your life. You went through some things in your life and you suppressed them. You thought you got through them, but you did get through them. But there was still more work to be done. And that's why I tell people you're not really healed. You're always on a continuing journey of healing. You know, that's what the ING is for. It's just a continual thing that you just keep on going. It continues because you keep growing and keep growing, keep growing because you're thinking about it. As a human being, as we grow into this world, we're birthed into this world. Sometimes we're, grow, we're birthed into this world with traumas that don't belong to us. You know, sometimes we have some traumas that existed in the womb. Sometimes we wind up with traumas that happened in the hospitals that don't belong to us. Sometimes we wind up with the traumas of, you know, of things that happened as we grew older that just didn't belong to us. It just happened. We just happened to be in the midst of those things. So it's like you're dealing with so much trauma, generational trauma, you know, personal traumas, you know, worldly traumas and, you know, physical traumas and mental traumas and sexual traumas, all sorts and types of traumas that we're dealing with. And that's what I was pretty much shedding at my silent retreat, you know. Sometimes you go into life expecting one thing, but you come out with something even greater. And that's the process of this healing journey. And that's what my 10-day silence of silence taught me was that, Jovan, don't go into life expecting things, but come out expecting greater. And that was it. I just knew that I was going there expecting, you know, I wasn't going there expecting anything, but I knew I was coming out greater. And that's what happened with me. And then day four, I'm like, yo, I'm, I'm out. I'm not dealing with this. I'm out. I could be kicking my family. I can be with my friends. I could be working. There's so many things that I could be doing, you know? And I talked to the um, manager. He was like, yo, if you want to go, you can go. I'm not, we're not holding you hostage. You brought your cars here. We'll give you your keys. We'll give you a wallet. We'll give you a phone. You can dip pretty much. But he said, you're on day four. What would all that work of day one, two, three, and four have done if you just decide to leave? There's been people who've actually left. But what would all the all the works of what you said you came here to do, what what would what would what would you have accomplished? And when he said that, I was like, you know what, Jovan, dug it out. You got this. You can do this. So day five comes, you know, they talk to matter of fact, day four, around lunch comes, I put there's a list that you can sign up for to talk to like the master teachers and everything about what you're experiencing, the sensations and all the traumas and the pains and stuff. So I have put my name on the board and as I'm walking out, they say, Yo, 
And the house manager says, yo, they want to see you. I said, don't worry about it. I already put my name on the board. I need to see them. Um, so go see them. We talk about what was going on. I'm telling him what my experience. And he, every time I talked to him, like, he was like pissing me off. I'm like, yo, like he would say, I would say, hey, I got this, this, and third. He was like, oh, that's for you. I experienced this for you. I mean, this happened for you. And I'm like, man, what did this dude keep saying for you? For like, that's for you. That's for you. That's for you. And I'm like, bruh, give me a solution to what I'm asking you of. And it dawned on me on day eight that, you know, everybody comes here with different life experiences. And they all come with what they came with. They all leave what they left with. But they all we all are there for different reasons. And I can expect to say, hey, this is what's happening to me. And he gave me a general answer that he gives everyone. And it just doesn't work for everyone. My puzzle piece may not fit your puzzle piece. And that's pretty much what he was explaining when he was saying the whole for you, Jovan. That's this what your experience is just for you. Don't worry about anybody else around you and what you're experiencing, what they're experiencing. Worry about you. They tell you when you're flying, the first thing that you should do is what? If their plane is going down, you should mask yourself up first because what happens is you lose oxygen and trying to help somebody else before you help yourself. The goal, and I think the, the one of the things I was getting that, Jovan, you got to start putting you first. You got to start putting you first to the point where if it doesn't align what you want to do, if it doesn't go what you want to do, if it takes you away from what you're doing, if it takes you away from the, the very thing that you've been working towards, then you can't, you got to put you first and say, no, I can't do that. Or no, just not right now. Maybe next week, maybe later, maybe next month, or maybe never. You know, those are the things that we have to do when it comes to putting me first and putting ourselves first. And that's what my silent retreat taught me to put myself first. It also taught me about how I look at people. Like, because you have these thoughts, and of course, you can't talk to nobody. So I don't know what nobody's voice, I don't remember what nobody's voice sound like because we talk for a matter of a couple of hours, two hours maybe at that. And I'm looking at people like, dang, this is probably what this dude sound like, this is probably what that girl sound like. Mind you, the guys and girls were split up on separate sides. So, like, all you have is male interaction, kind of. You know, it's really just male energy for the most part. You know, you have your women energy that's there, but they're on their side experiencing what they're experiencing and everything. And. I'm making, I have like these preconceived notions of all these people in my head. And it also taught me, yo, put the preconceived notions down about any and everything and any everybody in life because all of these gentlemen who were there when we finally got to talk to each other showed me something totally different. They showed me this thing called brotherly love. Yo, we hugged, we cried with each other. You know, we talked about our most vulnerable moments and what we experienced during our, our 10 days of silence. And I'm like, yo, this is a different side of manhood that I'm experiencing, that I'm seeing, that I that I need to tap even more into. Like, I thought I tapped into it. But I'm like, yo, there's even more vulnerability out there, Jovan. And you can go get it. You can display it. And you can show it to the world. Like, yo, cats like yo, we're one militant, like, Black Panther looking dude when they're, like, weeping. You know, to the most, you know, just me in the weeping. Like, you just think, like, you have these expectations of people and they're preconceived and... I believe the energy of your preconceived notion kind of dictates how people even perceive you sometimes. And I had to let that go. And I recognized at the retreat of, yo, letting that go was a beautiful thing. So day five comes and I'm learning, okay, to sit for an hour straight, no scratching, no moving. And I'm getting it on day six. I'm getting stronger. I said by day 10, I'm going to sit an hour straight. If I just got it, if I do it once, that's all. The goal is to sit for an hour straight. Excuse me. And to be able to rock this thing out. And that's what I did. I sat for an hour straight. I was like, Mission, I said, you missed an accomplice. You sat for an hour straight. You did it. And, you know, lots of people who, when I told them, I didn't tell lots of people because I knew there would be people who probably would have talked me out of trying to go. I told my very close friends, 
my very close family members that I was going on 10 days of silence and I'm out, you know, because sometimes people try to talk you out of things that they can't do or they have never even accomplished or never even touched. And I said, I just got to go. I drove myself there four hour trip to Savannah. Me, I think I didn't even talk to my on the way there. I made a few phone calls, like my final phone calls for 10 days. I let people know I made it there, shut that phone off. And it was just me, God and meditation. And I've been dealing with like this thing called forgiveness for years, and God tripped me up. Like I'm walking after that day four, I'm me crying. I went to take a walk in the wilderness, my walking stick, and God was like, "Forgive him." I'm like, "Nope." I knew exactly who God was talking about. God was talking to do who molested me, and I'm like, "Nah." God said, "Forgive him." I said, "No." Like me and God literally going back and forth about it, and I'm walking, and as I'm walking, God like pretty much buckles me, buckles my knees, and I fall to the ground, weeping. At saying, yo, all right, God, I surrender. I forgive him. And I didn't realize that, you know, the forgiveness of for him for, allowed me to forgive myself for holding on to something for so long because I was a child and that individual was a, ch individual was a child as well. And I just couldn't hold on to that any longer because there was a desire to have a relationship with an individual and there was a desire to not have a, a relationship with an individual. But the desire to actually have one was stronger than not having one. So I had to get beside myself and say, you know, Jovan, you're in your own way right now. Get out your way. Let God do what God does best and fix this whole situation because it can turn out to something so beautiful in which it has done because we've begun talking to each other via email and just kind of just slow walking this thing called life and catching up and everything. And I'm okay with that. Now, I know there's some people out there who may not be okay with forgiving the person who abused them and, you know, made their life a living hell, but I'm here to tell you, yo, it's possible. Forgiveness is possible. You can do it, but you got to get beside yourself and get out of your own way and make that joint happen. You know, I had done some people wrong and I recognized there were some names that popped up during my meditation. And I called them as soon as I got back. I was like, yo, we need to talk. I'm, we're FaceTiming face to face. Can you forgive me? I've done you wrong the way we, the situation panned out. It wasn't like that. We've been friends for X amount of years. And this is not the way things have, should have turned out. And I'm thankful to God that I'm strong enough and I was man enough to like admit my faults and who I was and how I did things wrong and what I did wrong. So, you know, the meditation, the 10 days of silence, man, it was an amazing experience. Day nine six, seven, eight, nine, and 10 come. And it was just a breeze because that was the one thing that I did not expect to go there for, but the expectation that I was probably subconsciously thinking about met me there. And it was a beautiful meeting that I had. And I'm just thankful for those 10 days of silence. I'm thankful for the art of meditation. I'm thankful for my brothers and my sisters that I've met in this 10 day retreat, um, 10 days of silence. I'm thankful for myself and the willingness of, you know, just going forth and doing it. I'm thankful for the friend who introduced me to meditation. I'm thankful because there's this thing called life and it's hard and it's rough. But if you put forth the effort, you can do any and everything that your mind says you can't do. And I'm a living witness. I'm a living witness to that because there's nothing that can't stop you. And at day 10, I said, yo, I'm by the beach. I'm going to go walk. I need to see some water. So I went to the beach and I'm walking and it was just people just looking at me and they're just waving and smiling. And I guess it was just like this glow that I couldn't see. They couldn't see, but they saw something in me and I'm just smiling and waving back and I'm sitting there on the beach just crying and I'm meditating because I just feel so much lighter. I feel like so much weight has been lifted off of me. 
And I'm thankful to that. You know, I'm thankful that the, the weight's been lifted off me. I'm thankful that, you know, I've had that experience. I'm thankful that I had my mountaintop experience that bro was talking about when, from when we first met each other. So my 10 days of silence was an amazing experience. This isn't all of it. I'll probably be talking about it more as more like downloads back into me in the podcast episodes. You'll be seeing more of me, more of some guests, you know, just let you know we're going digital with the podcast because I have people all over the place who I want to interview. And the only way to do it is a digital way because I can't travel to and from all these places just yet. So if you want to support the podcast, just let me know. Shoot me a DM or a message and anything. There's topics you want me to discuss. There's people that you say, hey, I think that'd be a great individual. Drop them, you know, in the comments or shoot me a message privately and say, hey, I think this person or I would like to be on and what's the qualifications. And we'll talk and we'll definitely get you on the show or get the individual on the show. But man, listen. 10 days of silence. I'm going to drop the link below. I would love for you to try, if you can experience a three day, if you can't experience a 10 day, like I had the opportunity to, because it's just things just lined up for me, you know, and I'm just happier. I'm more excited about life. And though life is not where I want it to be, and I'm not where I want to be just yet. I just know that I'm in the space that I need to be. And I know that this space that I need to be in, the space that I'm in right now is going to take me to the place that I need to get to as long as I'm diligent, I'm patient, and I'm persistent. That's one of the things our teacher taught us, be work diligently, patiently, persistently. You know, I just remember that all the time, diligently, patiently, persistent. I just kept saying it over and over and over to myself. And those are my 10 days of silence, guys. You know, that was a briefing of it. It's kind of hard to put 10 days of, you know, just ups and downs into a 30-minute podcast, but here we are. Vulnerable Moments, the podcast is back. I'm your host, Jovan J. Palmer. Thank you for uh, being patient with me. Thank you for sticking beside me. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for sharing this episode. Thank you for any and everything that you have done that has contributed to when we were living blessed, the podcast, trying to figure things out, and we figured it out, and then we did a pivot and changed it to Vulnerable Moments. Thank you for rocking with me. Thank you for tuning back in. Thank you for sharing this podcast. Thank you for just doing the work for yourself and you know doing what you need to do. I'm here for you. I'm here to help you heal. I'm here to help you, you know, start your healing journey. I'm here to help you on your healing journey. I'm here to help you help somebody. So do me a favor. If you can like, comment, subscribe, and share this podcast, I would greatly appreciate it. Until next time, peace.